quite often in the morning, on Sunday, I will get up before Amy because I need to be here before her. So being the uh, kind and respectful husband that I am, I will quietly uh, make my way around our room and bathroom trying to uh, get dressed without bothering her. And so I will do that, and then will come that moment where I come downstairs into uh, the kitchen, and I turn on the kitchen light, and then I just look and go, oh my goodness, what did I put on in the dark today? <laughs> now some of you may be thinking, that's what I did today. But this actually was a conscious choice. <laughs> But I will come down and like, I thought I had my blue pants on, but instead I got, you know, the green ones on. And I thought I had this color socks on. And I got this shirt on, and it's just a complete mess because all of a sudden when I turn on the light, when I get out of the dark, everything looks much different. And the light begins to expose uh, some elements that I would, would rather not see. That's what light does, doesn't it? As we've been thinking about light over these last few weeks, the light that has come, it is often the case that when light comes, it exposes elements we'd rather not see. There are those times maybe where you're, you're, you're feeling a little sick and your throat's a little sore. And so I'll be like, oh, I'm not feeling very good. And then Amy will come over with a little light. She'll let me look in your, in your throat. And like, oh yeah, there's white dots all over the place. You, you have strep throat. I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to know that. You go to your... Uh, you'll go to your mechanic, your car mechanic, and he'll lift up the hood and he'll take his little flashlight and shine it down there and go, oh yeah, see that clamp that's loose down there? That's going to be $900. And then that's what happens. You begin to see the things that you don't want to see in the dark when the light comes. And friends, that's true in our spiritual lives as well. That's true in our heart and in our soul as well. That when the light comes, it begins to expose things that we would rather not see. Jesus Christ is the light that has come. And he comes into the world with the brilliance and the, and the radiance and the glory of God shining into, into our lives. The holiness of God. And suddenly, uh, as Malachi says, like a, a refiner's fire. All of a sudden, all that is ugly, all that is dark, all that is sinful begins to be exposed in our, in our lives and in our spirits. When the light has come, we begin to see things that we don't want to see. The light comes and says, you should, you should be a person who serves other people. Well, you know what, I find that, oh man, maybe I'm kind of, I'm really kind of selfish. The light comes and says, uh, you should set your, your mind on things above and think about what's holy and pure and excellent and praiseworthy. And I'm like, well, some of that media that I've been looking at and some of those movies I've been watching don't fit that bill. The light comes and says, oh, you should be compassionate. And oh, man, I really moved through my week really with a very hard heart and hardly wanting to touch anybody. And over and over again, this light that comes, Jesus coming, showing us who God is and saying, be holy as God is holy. That light burning into our world and burning into our lives when it comes, suddenly, I don't know about you, but within me, it begins to expose a whole lot of elements that I don't want to see, that are just plain ugly, that are just plain very far from God. And I begin to see those things, 
And, and I don't know about you, but I begin to ask, is it so good that we're celebrating this this Christmas? We've been celebrating the light has come, and we go, oh, let's be joyful because the light has come. Well, the light comes, and it begins to expose all this sin and darkness and ugliness in me. And, and I know that in, in Romans 6.23, it tells me that the wages of sin is death. So the light has come. It's exposing all the ugliness in me. And I'm going to die. Merry Christmas. Fa-la-la-la-la. La-la-la-la. Is it really such... I mean, should we be focusing on that? I don't know if you have any of that, that angst or any of that, that fear as you reflect on this theme, because the scriptures do tell us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So my hunch is that all of us, as we are open to this light that has come into the world, could be standing here going, yeah, yeah, I never thought about it, but yeah, this, this is bad. Well, if you're here this morning, and, and, you're, and you're thinking that, and, and you're feeling that, and as I did as I worked through this this week, I think what we need to do is we need to turn our attention, and we need to listen to the angel that first came and spoke to the shepherds. Because that angel came to the shepherds and had three words for the shepherds. They were? Do not, or do not be, four words. Four words for the shepherds, which were? Do not be afraid. I was just seeing what version of the Bible you read, because it could be fear not, which would be two words. It could be the Revised Standard, which is three. It could be the New International Four. The bottom line is the angel come and says, do not be afraid. Don't have fear. What are you talking about, angel? The light is exposing all this. What do you mean? Do not be afraid. I have good news for you, says the angel. Good news? This is good news? The light is coming. It's good news? And it will give you great joy. Really? The light has come? And it's good news? And it's going to give me great joy? How, how can I say that in face of what I see with the light exposing all this in me? How can that be, Mr. Angel? Well, I think it's two reasons as I thought through this this week. The first is this. I think that we can say that it is good news because the light has come to save. The light has come to save. In John 3, 17, the scriptures tell us that the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but, but right, because that's who we are, but to save us through him. To save us through him. And remember when the angel came to Joseph, and the angel said to him, you shall give him the name Jesus, because that means he will save. And it was also in the angel's declaration to the shepherds, this is good news of great joy, because there is a Messiah here who is coming to save you. And so at the front end of this event of the light coming into the world is the fact that the light has come for the expressed purpose to save us. To save us. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon has this to say. 
He says, it is a gracious but very startling fact that our Lord's connection with his people lies in the direction of their sins. This is an amazing condescension. He is called Savior in connection with his people, but it is in reference to their sins because it is from their sins they need to be saved. If they had never sinned, they would never have required a Savior, and there would have been no name of Jesus known upon earth. We need to be saved from our sins. And while it is appropriate that we, we come and we celebrate Christmas and this whole Christmas event, we need to keep in mind that this event is the first step in God's plan of redemption. Jesus didn't come into the world just so that we could feel warm and cuddly during the season of December and have some family gatherings and then have a, have a Jesus grow up to be kind of a good moral teacher and then just love and accept us all where we're at. That's a pretty popular notion. But Jesus came in the world as the first step of God's plan of redemption to save us. So it's great that we celebrate this event, but let's not leave it here. Let's remember that the one who is here in the manger, that the baby who is here in a manger, and we see his little hands out there, and we see them, them flailing out as little hands often do, that those little hands one day would be pierced with nails for our sins. And those, those little feet, those little feet that are there and they're wiggling all around and, and they're flying all around and, and they are unable to walk anywhere would one day walk up the hill of Golgotha and have nails pierced through them for our sins. And the, and the little head, which I don't know if you do that, you smell the baby's head and it smells so clean and nice. Remember that the little head is just, wait till you have one, Greg. You will. You will smell. He's like, hey, you are an odd duck. And I'm like, no. You, and then you, that little head, that sweet-smelling little head, just would have a crown of nails or a crown of thorns pushed through its head, the baby's head. And that body wrapped in swaddling clothes with all that little, little layers of baby fat was one day going to be ripped open with a spear. Why? Because that's what he came in the world to do. He came in the world to save us. And so when this little one who, who, would, who was born to die would, would then go to the cross and he would take the perfect nature of God, he became, he became our sin. He took, took his righteousness, because we're all guilty, but it took the righteousness of Jesus to die there on the cross. And in his perfection, as he gave his life in exchange for our life, then we were able, as the scriptures say, to become the righteousness of God. And so when God looks at us and the light begins to expose what's going on here, if we are covered with Jesus Christ, if we stand and say, I have Jesus, here's Jesus, God doesn't see all that ugliness that the light exposes, but rather he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ covering me. That's what he sees. Because Jesus came into the world to save us. And today, you may sit here and go, yes, the light is coming, and yes, there is a lot of sin that's within me. But if you have placed your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, today you can stand blameless. Because John, remember what John said when Jesus came toward him? He said, behold, 
Here's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And I love that word because it means to, like, uh, take up and take away, is, is what, what you get in the original Greek. And I think back to when we had, we, we like over, uh, it was time to get a new mattress at our house. And so we just moved this mattress downstairs. And after a while, I was like, okay, what's it doing down there? That's in a way. All right, we move it out to the garage, right? Okay. So it sits out there in the garage. Oh, well, you got to do something with it eventually. Well, I'll, I'll throw it away eventually. Let's get it out of the garage, put it on the side of my house. It's out on the side of my house. And some of them, one of my loving neighbors must have called the city of Walker. If you're here. Got my eye on you if you're here. <laughs> Called the city of Walker, and uh, the city of Walker's like, that mattress can't stay there on the side of your house. I'm like, it's only been there two days. No, it's got to be gone. And so I finally called somebody to come and pick it up and, and take it away. It was a glorious day. They picked it up. They took it away. I never had to see it again in my life. <laughs> and that's exactly what happens to our sins. When we put them in Jesus Christ, he takes them up and he takes them away. They're gone. The psalm tells us as far as the east is from the west, God considers your sins no more. They're gone. That's good news. That's the good news of Christmas, that we have a Savior who came into the world to dwell and live among us to do what we couldn't do for ourselves, that only a righteous God could do. And that's to take the punishment. That's to take and meet the just demands of our God. And he did it. And when we are in him, we can be saved. I think that's good news. When the light exposes my sin, where does it turn me? It turns me to Jesus Christ. And I say, yeah, I no longer have to worry about my sin because I'm in Jesus Christ. That's good news. And that causes me great joy. The second reason that I think that this is good news for us, is not only does the light save us, but the light also brings life to us. The light also brings life to us. So follow me on this one, because <clears throat> when the light exposes what's in you, if you deal with it, if you deal with it, it's much better for you, right? If I see the horrendous way that I dress for a Sunday morning, and if I actually choose to go upstairs and change my clothes, I will not be mocked all morning long. If I have white dots in my throat and I ignore them, pretty soon my, my throat's going to be like shut and I will have strep infection going through my body and I might die. Right? If I don't deal with that loose clamp in my car, there may be a day where I'm on the side of uh, I-96, my car is just stalled out and I'm not going anywhere. If I don't deal with those things, I go and it, it ends up in a bad place. But if I deal with them, I end up in a good place. And that's what I want to say about what the light exposes in you. If the light shines and it comes into the world and it begins to expose some ugliness, and it begins to expose some darkness, and it begins to expose some sin in your life, that instead of, of uh, uh, running from it or cowering because of it, if you will deal with it, when Christ comes and he shines a light, he says, right there, look what's going on in your heart. Don't you hate that when Jesus does that? Look what's going on in your heart right there. If we deal with it, he will take it away and we will be brought into life. Okay? We will be brought into life. In fact, Jesus said, I have come... 
I have come into the world to give them life, and not just any kind of life, life abundantly, life overflowing, more life than you can even imagine, because our God is for us. That's something that I don't know that all the time that we believe in our head. That our God is for us. That our God wants the very best for us. That our God wants to pour blessings into our life and see our lives flourish. And the way that he does that is by telling us, as the creator, how we, the creation, ought to live within the boundaries of his righteousness and his holiness. And when we live in there, we experience life. But if we choose to wander outside and wander in the dark, we don't experience that life. Do we believe that of our God? Do we believe God wants our best? Do we believe that Jesus came to give life? Because when the light exposes it, then we need to deal with it. But I think maybe some of us are maybe a little apprehensive to deal with it. Because this is the way that we have just done life. I've been in this relationship. Yeah, it's kind of a toxic relationship. Yeah, we're engaged in, in, in you know, sexual uh, expression with one another that we probably shouldn't be. Uh, yes, uh, I'm in this relationship with an unbeliever. Yes, it's, it's, no, it's not good for me, but that's what I have. And to break off this relationship, to break off away from this person, that kind of scares me. Because maybe I'll be alone. Maybe nobody else will find me. And we begin to get fear running through our minds. Maybe we have a God who, who, who says to us, come and be, I want you to be generous in my life. I want you to be generous. I mean, you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. What does it mean for me to start maybe giving to God? What does it mean for me to start tithing even? Could I even, like 10%? What am I going to do? I might not have enough resources. I might not have enough to pay the bills. I wonder if I can do that. And we start, we start getting a little uh, fearful. God says, I want you to go and, and love your neighbor, and I want you to invite them to Christmas Eve. But God, you don't know my neighbor. Guy's always been a real tool. He's really hard to, to, to deal with, and, and I'm going to have to let go of this anger towards him to do that. I don't, God, I don't know how this is, is going to turn out. Do you see where this goes? We can ripple this, and I, we probably could go example after example after example this morning of where God may be shining light into your life. I don't know where this light is shining and where it may be exposing some darkness in your life. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a relationship. I, I'm not sure what it is, but as the Holy Spirit confronts you this morning with the light of Jesus Christ that has come and that darkness begins to emerge, I want to say to you what the angel said to the shepherd is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If it's dark, ditch it. If it's dark, get rid of it. If it's dark, Paul always uses the word, flee from it. Run as fast as you can away from it because where will it take you? To life. To life. To abundant life. To blessing. We have a God who wants to give good gifts to his people. And yet so many of us just choose to stay over here living with this dark in me and this dark sin and this darkness all around me because I'm scared and I'm afraid of what life will be like if I actually take the step to walk with Jesus Christ in the light of of Jesus and in the holiness of God. But don't be afraid. 
I want to tell you that he's come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. So, duh, why would you settle for anything less? How silly is that, is it not? Hey, Jesus promises me life. I can have life abundant, but I'm going to keep doing this because I know this destroys my spirit and my soul. But aren't we making some of those choices here today? Holding on to some of that darkness? Holding on to some of that sin? Believe Jesus. Believe it. He has come to give you life. He has come to save you. He has come to give you life. We do not need to be afraid of the light that has come. We can step boldly into it. I am not proud of this next thing I'm going to say, but nonetheless, it was true in our life. Our very first apartment that Amy and I lived in, I was on the west side of Grand Rapids when I was working for a ministry called the Other Way Ministries. We lived in a storefront, uh, above an old storefront that the ministry had purchased, and we lived in, there were two apartments upstairs, and uh, we lived in one of them. They were not stellar examples of places to live, but it was our home nonetheless. And in the kitchen of that home, it would have roaches. There were roaches in that kitchen of that house. They were were little ones. They weren't the big, huge ones. They were just little baby ones, kind of cute. And we had the roaches, and generally they weren't a problem. We didn't see them. They they were kind of there. You put the borax out, hopefully you kill them. They they weren't, weren't a big deal. However, when you came home at night, you could hear them. when you came home at night, yep, when you came home at night and you would step into the kitchen and you would hit, turn the light switch on, you would hear, because what are those buggers doing? They're all running away. They're all going back to their little dark spots. They're hiding. They don't like to be exposed in the light whatsoever. In fact, I really turned it into a game. Because I would get a little fly swatter and stand in the middle of the kitchen. And then I would say to Amy, okay, on the count of three, turn on the light. One, two, three. And then I go, bam, 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 bam. It was just, it was a lot of fun. For a guy, it was fun. But those, uh, those roaches wanted nothing to do with the light, right? They would just scurry back in the darkness because that's where they like to live. So this morning, with all the love I have in my heart, For this entire church family and for all of you, here's what I want to leave you with this morning. Don't be a roach. Don't be a roach. Because roaches like to live in the darkness. And some of you this morning, Jesus may be coming and he may be shining a bright light. The light has come and he is shining a light and he is exposing the sin in your life. He's exposing the darkness in your life. And there are some of you this morning that need to turn to Jesus rather than run away from him. You've been running away. You've been scurrying back into your dark place. But today's the day you need to step into the light and say, God, I receive Jesus Christ. I receive this gift that you gave me, that you gave to us as Christmas. God, I never want to be in fear of my sin anymore. Will you take it away through Jesus Christ? Some of you need to turn to Jesus today and invite him into your life because you've been scurrying to that darkness too much. There are others of you who are in that other camp where the light has come 
and you've been following Jesus Christ the best that you can, but as that light comes, because while we're still in this world, we're still going to wrestle with sin until the day Jesus comes when we're made into our full perfection. And as we wrestle with that sin, when the light shines upon it, we need to deal with it. But some of us, you know it. You know it. You're here today, and you know what I'm talking about. There is sin in your life right now that the light has exposed. But you like to scurry away, and you like to hide rather than deal with it. But no, in, 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 in front of the face of your God, you can't, deal, you, you can't hide in the dark because the light of God penetrates through everything. Your, God knows. And I just want to encourage you to deal with it. Let this be the, the season, the Advent season, that you deal with it so that you can, that, so that you can step where? Into life. Into life. That's what he's offering you. What a beautiful offer from our God that we would be a people who could be saved from what the light exposes, who could be a people that experience life over sin. People of God, that's good news of great joy that should be for all people.